remember the greatest gift to the church, your Holy Spirit. We pray that this morning we would encounter your spirit. Lord, that you would soften our hearts, that you would open our ears, Lord, that we would hear from you this morning. Lord, that we would be changed by having been with you. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for your presence. Thank you, God, for your love for us in Jesus. We pray in his name. Amen. Amen. If you would grab a seat. Well, again, good morning. As I mentioned, today is Pentecost. Uh, it's uh, one of the big three. You got Christmas, Easter, and Pentecost. Uh, and so it's a high uh, holy day. It's a, it's a feast day in the history of the church where we celebrate the fact that the promised Holy Spirit, this great promise of Jesus, uh, was realized that day in Jerusalem uh, that the Holy Spirit came and filled the church. And so this morning, I, I want to focus on just a small uh, little portion of Scripture that we just read uh, about Pentecost, something that occurred that day and has occurred uh, every day since then in the lives of countless followers of Jesus. In Acts 1.8, the reading just before what we read today, uh, we're told by Jesus, just before he ascends, that he said to his followers these words. He said, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And it's that promise that was fulfilled in the reading that we just heard in Acts 2 verse 4. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, it says. And then they began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit. This language of being filled with the Spirit, it, it occurs over and over and over in the book of Acts. As the church is born and as its history unfolds, you see people being filled with the Spirit. In fact, in Acts chapter 13, verse 52, it says, The disciples, that is, not just the apostles, but all the followers of Jesus, the whole church, that is, was being filled, continually filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. It's the promise of Jesus fulfilled. And it's a promise for all followers of Jesus. And if there's any doubt about that, we know that because later in chapter 2, when the Apostle Peter, he stands up before this great crowd that's gathered to see what's going on. And he, he gives the sermon of his life. And, and in that sermon, he says twice, not once, but twice, these words. He says that God will pour out his Holy Spirit on everyone. God will pour out his Holy Spirit on everyone. In this new age of the church, in this time between Jesus' ascension and his return to make all things new, in this, this new season of the church, he will pour out his Holy Spirit. That's why in Ephesians chapter 5, the Apostle Paul can say, be filled with the Spirit to everyone, to all followers of Jesus. Be filled, in the senses, go on being filled continually. Again, being filled with the Holy Spirit. So as followers of Jesus, we are to be filled with the Holy Spirit, with the personal, empowering presence of God. That's the gift that Jesus has given us. I remember when, uh, when I was in college, I made a run to Home Depot. 
And I was standing there in the parking lot, and these two guys, they came up to me, and they started evangelizing me. They were telling me all about Jesus, and they were very passionate, you know, very, you know, very just kind of adamant. They wanted me to know about Jesus. But they asked me a question as they were talking that I've never forgotten, and this was the question. They basically said, uh, well, do you have the Holy Spirit, or do you only have Jesus? Do you have the Holy Spirit, or do you only have Jesus? Now, I have to admit, that question really bothered me. It bothered me, and it puzzled me. I didn't really understand. I'd been following Jesus for a, a long time at that point in my life. I, I, I've, I'd experienced life with him. And they asked me this question, do you have the Holy Spirit, or do you only have Jesus? No one had ever said anything quite like that to me. And so it, it puzzled me. So I went back and I read through the scriptures again. I read over all these verses I could find on the Holy Spirit because there was something about the question that just didn't sit well with me, just bothered me. And I kept thinking about this, this reality. Well, if I only have Jesus, isn't that enough? <laughs> I mean, after all, it's Jesus. If you've got Jesus, God in the flesh, if you have Jesus, isn't that enough? And the reality is, if you read in the New Testament, what you discover is that great reality, that in Jesus, we have everything. In Jesus, we indeed have everything. That's exactly what the Apostle Paul said, Ephesians 1.3. He said, praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Every spiritual blessing is ours in Jesus in Jesus, we have everything that we need, including the Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit. But I think, I think there's, a, there's a disconnect at that point. Because we all have the Spirit. In Jesus, we have everything. We have the Holy Spirit. But we haven't, um, maybe you could say, appropriated everything that we've received. I heard one pastor compare it to, it's kind of like getting all your Christmas presents but never opening them. Right? We've been given all these gifts, these blessings, and yet there's a lack of experience, a lack of appropriating them in our lives. And so if you have Jesus, the truth is you have the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is in you, and the Holy Spirit wants to fill you, and the Holy Spirit wants to work through you as a follower of Christ. We are all called to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I remember the first time I ever experienced something like this. It was about 12 years ago. And I was on a retreat, and it was during a prayer time. There were a couple of women from our church that I knew really well, and they, they just came over and they asked if they could pray for me. And they laid hands on me, and they, they said uh, that they wanted to pray that the Holy Spirit would fill me. So they just began to ask God in prayer, Holy Spirit, would you come and would you fill your servant David? They just prayed that simple prayer. And like I said, I've been following Jesus for a long time at that point in my life, but I'd never experienced anything like this. And I don't know how else to describe it other than it was just this overwhelming sense of, of joy and peace in my life. And I distinctly remember the experience. It was almost like someone was pouring those things over my head and it was just like running down my body. But it was just this incredibly intense experience of God's presence. And it was joyful and it was peaceful. And I just knew in a new and deeper way that God loved me. That's what it felt like. That was one of the first times I ever experienced that. And Paul, again, in Ephesians, he says, that's what we need. We need for, for the Holy Spirit to continually fill us in ways like that. 
that on and on and on, over and over again, that's what we see in the New Testament, is that people are filled with the Spirit. Not a one-time thing, but filled again and again and again with God's Spirit. And we need the Spirit to fill us that way. In all kinds of ways, we need the Holy Spirit to fill us because the Spirit fills us with truth and with love and with power. The the Spirit equips us for what God wants to do in and through our lives. And above all, the Holy Spirit draws us to Jesus. It's what the Holy Spirit, it, it, it cultivates in us a heart that is so captivated by Christ. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. And so if that's what the Spirit does, if that's what the Spirit brings, then of course we want to be filled with the Spirit. We want to be filled again and again and again with the Holy Spirit. And so this morning, I want to take just a few minutes and talk about how we make ourselves available. Just like those first followers of Jesus on Pentecost who made themselves available to be filled, to receive this gift, to be filled and then filled again and again and again with the Spirit. How can we make ourselves available to be filled with the Spirit? And before um, I give, I just want to give two ways I think we can kind of help make ourselves available. Before I, I want to address a couple of things that I think are unhelpful as we approach this. And the first one would be um, that we shouldn't get hung up on an experience. A lot of times this happens in the church. We, we, we hear this idea of, of encountering the living presence of God and we want some kind of experience. And I think that's not helpful because I think all the experiences can be different. They're not the same every time. What happened, for example, at Pentecost, probably not going to happen here today, right? Probably not going to have a big rushing wind and flames of, that look like fire come settle over our heads. Maybe God could do that again, but he's only done it once that we know of, and he probably won't do it that way again. So there's an aspect in which it's unique. The way that the Holy Spirit comes is unique. But what's true is that the Holy Spirit always comes in a way that's consistent with God's character and with his word. And so we can discern what's the spirit and what's not the spirit. But the other reality is that the Holy Spirit is unique in the way that it comes to each of us in a sense because every moment is unique. Every one of us are unique. And so the Holy Spirit is not some generic force. It's a person. It's the person, the third person of the Trinity. And so that person engages with us as people. And it engages us in such a way that it works out God's will for our lives and God's purposes in our lives and the gifts that God wants to give us in a personal way, not a generic way. And so for all those reasons, that means that that the Spirit can express itself in all kinds of different ways when we're filled with the Spirit. It doesn't always look the same. For example, some of us are very emotional people. It's just kind of how we're wired. And so when we encounter the Holy Spirit... uh, the response we may have is more emotional than maybe the person sitting next to us. Or some of us are more aware of our bodies. We're kind of more in touch with ourselves kind of physically. And so our response to the Holy Spirit may be more physical. Or some of us are more cerebral. The way that we encounter the Holy Spirit may be more through you know, a word. Or it may be a scripture that comes to mind in a new wisdom. You just understand it and you see it in a way you've never seen before. And that's the Holy Spirit at work in our lives. And the, the truth is, one is not better than the other. And too often, we get kind of hung up on how the Spirit is working in this person over here, or in this life over here, or in that church over there. And the truth is that the Holy Spirit is at work 
in unique and powerful ways all the time in each one of us. And so we want the Holy Spirit to come and to fill us. And so I want to give us two things just to think about. Uh, it's not about comparing ourselves. What is it about? The first thing I would say it's about being filled with the Holy Spirit is about seeking Jesus. Being filled with the Holy Spirit is ultimately about seeking Jesus. It's about his presence with us and the love of the Father for his children. It is by the Holy Spirit that we cry, Abba, Father, Romans 8, 15. We don't even know how to pray, Paul says, without the Holy Spirit interceding for us, groaning for us, expressing things that are too deep for words. That's the work of the Spirit. And so when the Holy Spirit fills our hearts, what it does is it fills our hearts with this, this love for Jesus, this radical love for Jesus, and we seek him. We're drawn to him. We're, we're captivated by Jesus. That's the work of the Spirit in our lives. God's love fills us, and then it just starts to spill out into every aspect of our life. That's how the Spirit works. So the first thing I would say simply is that the Holy Spirit is about seeking Jesus. And then the second thing is that the Holy Spirit uh, to be filled with the Holy Spirit is to ask in expectation. To be filled with the Holy Spirit is to ask for the Spirit in expectation. As we seek Jesus, our relationship with him grows, just like any other relationship. It gets deeper. It gets, it gets more, it means more and more to us. And as we do that, we receive more and more of his Spirit. It's part of that relationship with Jesus. Jesus said in Luke 11, he said, he said it this way. He said, so I say to you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. That's a well-known passage of Scripture to many of us. But what Jesus is talking about, what he goes on to say is, is critically important. This is what he says. And when he says, you're asking, this is what you're asking for. He says, if you then who are evil, right? If you're corrupted, right, by a fallen world and the sin, if even in that state you know as a father or as a mother not to give harmful things, that you know to give good gifts to your children, if you know that, how much more will your father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? Give the Holy Spirit. Ask, seek, knock. And what will the Lord give the Holy Spirit? And so I just raise this because I think a lot of times we just have never asked. It's that simple. We've never asked for the Holy Spirit. We've never said, Holy Spirit, will you fill me? And it's a simple, beautiful prayer that the Lord honors. Will you fill me with your Spirit? And it's honestly, it's something we should be praying every day, <laughs> every moment of every day. How do you start your day, I wonder? I mean, even before you, you, you begin to pray, even before you open Scripture, if that's your habit, what if in that moment you began just to say, Lord, would you fill me with your Holy Spirit? Fill me with your Spirit so that I can hear and understand your Word. Fill me with your Holy Spirit so you can lead me where, where you want me to go in prayer. Give me some purpose, some direction in my prayers. Guide me and help me to trust you today. Holy Spirit, fill me so that I can hear when you're speaking to me throughout my day. Holy Spirit, would you fill me? And when we do that, what it does is it softens our hearts. It makes us sensitive to the Holy Spirit. 
throughout our day. When we just begin that way, it sensitizes our hearts to what the Lord Jesus is doing all around us and even within us. We ask and then we trust that he has responded by giving us and filling us with his Holy Spirit. And so we just learn, we learn to rely more and more and more on his spirit. You know, we've been talking uh, over the last two months about silence and solitude. And I think this, this connects really beautifully in this way, that when we ask for God to fill us with the Holy Spirit, you know, when we ask God to speak to us, to speak into our lives, to be at work into our lives, when you ask someone to speak, what do you typically do? When you ask someone a question, what do you do? You listen. You wait for the response, right? You don't say, hey, John, how was your day? Let me tell you about my day. My day was hard. It was so tough, man. Oh, did I ask you a question? You know, we, no, we listen. I asked John a question, and then I listen. And I think silence and solitude, it cultivates a heart that listens. It's one of the beautiful things about that discipline, that practice that we're trying to take up. And so when we ask God for things, what if we actually waited on him to respond? What if we ask God for something and we waited for him to give it? What if we ask God for something and then we were still and quiet and we received whatever he longs to give us? What if we learn to listen? You don't ask a question and then just move on. And I think so often I'm guilty of that in my prayers. I don't listen. And so as followers of Jesus, we tend not to be good at listening. And I think especially silence, being still and quiet, like we've been talking about, it freaks us out. <laughs> We're not comfortable in that space of just waiting for the Lord to respond. Even 10 seconds, if I were just to wait, pause for 10 seconds in the service right now, just total silence, it would make most of us really uncomfortable. We don't know what to do. In silence, and you, you can encounter God in that place. You just ask him, Lord, will you fill me with your Holy Spirit? And then wait and receive. Wait and listen for him in the, in the stillness and in the quiet. Truth is, no one has ever been more full of the Holy Spirit than Jesus. And Jesus gives us a great model for how to do this, how to go through life listening for what the Lord has to say to us and what the Lord wants to do through his spirit. A great example of this is in John chapter five. It says there was a big crowd, a multitude, it says, gathered around the pool at Bethesda uh, of sick people. This huge crowd of those who had gathered there longing to be healed. And it says that Jesus encountered this huge crowd. And you know what Jesus did? He went to one of them. He only went to one of them. Not all of them. Now, why did Jesus do that? Why did he only go and heal one in that instance? I think part of the answer is in what Jesus says a few verses later. He says in 519, John 519, he says, I can do nothing of my own accord, but only what I see the Father doing. You see, I think that's exactly what Jesus was doing in that moment. He was asking for the Holy Spirit to guide him, to fill him to lead him in that moment. And the Holy Spirit led him to this one individual so that he could pray and invite this man to be healed. Jesus was always asking, Father, what is it you want me to do? What is it you want me to do in this moment? How do you want me to pray? How do you want me to speak? How do you want me to act with this person? 
Now, obviously, in other places, people come seeking Jesus to be healed. They initiate it. The point is this, though. We, we need to ask God to lead us and to guide us because God is always at work around us. And sometimes he moves and draws people to himself. Sometimes he uses us and draws us to people to speak a word, to give an encouragement, to bring healing. And so being filled with the Holy Spirit isn't, isn't just about us. Right? You see that even in Jesus' life. It's about what God wants to do in and through us in the lives of others. I think that's really important. The Spirit, being filled with the Spirit, isn't just about what happens maybe here on a Sunday in a really intense, beautiful moment in worship. Being filled with the Spirit is as much about the everyday moments of our lives, what God is doing all around us all the time. You know, in Acts, in fact, the most powerful, some of the most powerful demonstrations of the Spirit moving, filling people and moving, actually don't happen in gatherings. They happen out on the streets as followers of Jesus are going different places. Sometimes they happen when they're gathered, but most of it was out there, out in the midst of everyday life. And so we want to be people that are like that, filled with the Holy Spirit, filled with the Spirit, not just here, but out there in the midst of our everyday life. Being, with the, being filled with the Holy Spirit is an everyday experience. And we should ask for it all the time. And we should expect it. We should expect the Lord to hear our prayer and answer our prayer and to fill us with the Holy Spirit. Now, being filled with the Spirit doesn't mean that we're weird. <laughs> Sometimes we think that's what it means. Look, if God wants to be weird, that's great. God can be weird. We don't need to be weird. Okay, God's going to do whatever God's going to do, but we don't need to add on any kind of drama or sound effects or anything like that when we're filled with the Spirit. God will move the way that God wants to move, and we just need to make ourselves available for God to move in a powerful way. So if, if, if God is moving, what we don't want to do is we don't want to kind of think about this as something that we have to force, that we have to force something to happen either. Right, so we need some big thing to happen in order for us to feel like, wow, that was really the Holy Spirit. Sometimes the Holy Spirit moves in the smallest of ways in our midst. What we want is to be available and aware that God is at work around us, becoming more and more aware of what he's saying and responding to his initiative. So here's what I, I just want to encourage us to do. Just try this this week. If you've never done this, just try it this week. Ask the Lord to fill you with his Holy Spirit. Pray that simple prayer. First thing you do when you get out of bed, just say, okay, Lord, I've never done this, but I'm, I want to try this. Holy Spirit, would you fill me? Holy Spirit, would you fill me? And then just wait and just say thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for the gift of your Spirit. And believe and walk in that truth that the Lord has answered that prayer and he's filled you with his heart or with his spirit. So while you're waiting, you know, on the elevator, while you're in carpool line, while you're having a beer with a friend, even in that moment, in the silence, in the quiet of your own heart, don't say it out loud, you know, like, <laughs> hey, man, I'm going to get an IPA and I pray the Lord fill us with his Holy Spirit. You know, like, don't, don't go there. Again, don't be weird. Just in the quiet of your own heart as you're having a conversation, Lord, would you fill me with your Holy Spirit? And who knows what God will do in that moment? That's the amazing thing about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit could do almost anything in that moment if we invite him. Again, ask, seek, knock, invite the Holy Spirit into the moments of 
your life. And he could do something incredible. He could do something very small and quiet. If nothing else, it just makes you more aware of God's presence with you in that moment and his love for you and his love for whoever you're with. So ask the Holy Spirit to come and ask with expectation. So here's what I want to do this morning as we, um, as we kind of close. What I'd like to do is I want us just to try this together this morning. You know, we're, we're celebrating Pentecost, the coming of the Holy Spirit, and it's great to talk about it. What if we actually did it? Uh, so I want us to just try, uh, try this. I know for some of you, you're getting really uncomfortable right now. <laughs> uh, but just to step out in faith. Let's just, I mean, what if you went to church and you actually like tried to do the thing that you were talking about all morning? <laughs> you know, how awesome would that be? Um, so here, here's what I want to do. I, I, this, there, nothing's been orchestrated here. There's not going to be any Holy Spirit music or dimming of the lights or anything like that, you know, like kind of like set the mood. We're not going to do that. Like we're going to keep it very simple, and we're just going to invite the Holy Spirit to come and just see what God does. I have no idea what God's going to do. I'm not aiming for some particular thing here. So just I, I want to take, there's no pressure on any of us, right? There's, we're not forcing God, trying to force God to do something. We want to make ourselves available to the Holy Spirit. And so that's what we're going to do. And what are we after? We're after Jesus. We're not about some big emotional, you know, ex- dramatic kind of experience. If God does that, great. But that's not what we're after. We're after Jesus. We're seeking Jesus. We're going to make ourselves available. And we're going to pray expectantly. So I just want to encourage you, as we do this, pray expectantly. In the quiet of your own heart, even just quietly to yourself. Holy Spirit, would you fill us? Would you fill us as your church? Now, Again, if that makes you nervous, the possibility that we're going to do this, and we're not going to do it for long, just for a few minutes, just so we can try it. Um, But I just want to set some of your fears at ease. So I'm going to pray a very simple prayer, and then we're just going to be quiet. And you know what? If it's just silent for a few minutes, if it's just quiet, that's great. That's great. I mean, worst case is if, like, nothing happens, right? If nothing happens, we get to go home a little earlier, right? We'll just wrap it up, and we'll have communion and be done. So that's the worst case scenario here, okay? Nobody's going to get hurt, all right? So we're just going to pray, and, we're gonna, and maybe we'll just wait in silence, and we'll trust that God's at work in the silence. And that can be a beautiful thing, just encountering God in the silence. So we're going to pray. And then the other thing is, you know, if nothing happens, don't, don't worry about that. And, and if you don't feel anything, you know, sometimes I think in like these kind of moments, oh, I'm supposed to experience something. Um, don't worry. You know, I, I've done these, these things before, and I, I didn't experience anything, right? But I, but I know God was at work, and I trust God was at work because we asked him to come and be at work, and he was at work because he's faithful. His spirit's with us. I, real quick, just to tell you a story, maybe to take some of the pressure off. I, I, I heard this from another pastor, a friend of mine. I thought it was so funny. He tells the story of these three teenage boys that came to the front to receive prayer in a time like this. And the three boys were standing there uh, all side by side. And the two boys on the outside, as they were being prayed for, they fell out. They fell on the ground. They like, they, the Holy Spirit just kind of knocked them off their feet. And they were laying on the ground. You know? And the, the boy in the middle... Uh, he realized something had happened around him. And so he kind of like did one of these to that side and then did one of these to this side. And then he just went 
<laughs> he like fell back himself because he was like, well, I guess that's what I'm supposed to do. Because they fell out and this guy fell out. I'm supposed to fall out too. The Holy Spirit, I, you know, and I just tell you that story. And I think it illustrates this thing. There's no pressure. You know, how beautiful would it be if you could be in a church where, man, whatever God was doing around you and other people, you could praise God for that with no pressure. You got to like manufacture something. You got to do something too, right? And so that's what we're after here. We're after a, a place where it's safe to encounter the Holy Spirit, where it's safe to encounter the, where you no pressure to have some certain experience, where we're just free to respond to the Holy Spirit. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to respond to the Holy Spirit. It's a spirit of dignity. It's a spirit of love. This is about God's love for us as his children. And if nothing else, when we've come together in the silence, we'll know that we've been with God and that he loves us. And then we'll come to this table and celebrate that, that we know that because of the cross. So let me invite you just to close your eyes. Just kind of get comfortable and situated. Close your eyes. If you want, sometimes it's helpful to, you can, you can hold your hands out like with your palms up. You don't have to do that if you're comfortable doing that. You can hold your hands out just in a, a, a posture of receiving. Let's just still ourselves. I want to invite you to pray the simple prayer that I'm going to pray. And you can pray it silently in your own heart or you can just pray it quietly in your seat. Pray it to the Lord. This is not about what anybody else is doing around you. This is about you and the Lord. I invite you to pray this prayer. Holy Spirit, will you come? Holy Spirit, will you fill me? Holy Spirit, will you come and fill us? Will you meet with us this morning? Come, Holy Spirit.